It's really hard not to be distracted. Those that are distracted usually miss things. My best advice to any buyer is be 100% quiet when you're touring a home to buy. You don't want to take that negotiation power away from you. We're not going to talk about the house in the house at all. Sad but true, we're recorded everywhere we go from their phone that we keep in our pocket every day to walking in someone's house. Welcome to the Urban Connect Podcast. I'm Jennifer Arshambo, the broker owner of Urban Provision Realtors, and I'm thrilled to have you tuning in today. If you're here, chances are your prospective buyer, seller, or homeowner searching for clarity on the ever-changing real estate landscape here in Texas, and you've come to the right place. In each episode, we'll discuss a myriad of topics providing you with the knowledge and tools to navigate the complex realm of real estate, from insider tips on how to prepare your home for a successful sale. Two insights on the latest market trends and everything in between. I've got you covered. So sit back, relax, get ready, take your real estate knowledge to the next level with the Urban Connect podcast. Buying a home can be simultaneously exhilarating and enjoyable venture, as well as a pivotal moment for significant decision making. Procuring real estate often stands as the most substantial financial commitment individuals will undertake in their lifetime. Therefore, it comes as no surprise that this process often generates considerable levels of anxiety and stress. As the process of buying a home unfolds, it is essential to not only comprehend where to begin, but also remain fully aware of the intricate journey that lies ahead, bridging the gap between that introductory meeting with your chosen realtor and ultimately achieving the status of a homeowner and everything in between. This brings us to our next three-part series. Over the course of this three-part buyer series, I will unravel the layers from the real estate space, unveiling the life cycle of a real estate transaction from the buyer's perspective, outlining their side of the transaction. The goal is to provide education that not only sets realistic expectations, but most importantly, equips those navigating the home buying process with the knowledge to sidestep costly mistakes. In the next episode, we'll dive into hunting for your dream home, in the art of crafting a compelling offer. From the etiquette while inspecting a listed property to key considerations during the home tours and crafting an irresistible offer that increases your chances of acceptance. I will cover it all. So without further ado, let's get started. Property search. Though setting your property search, it can lead to a quick journey or a complicated journey in the real estate space. And I encourage anyone who works with me to take some time in this property search arena before we get started looking at homes. And the reason why I do this is because when you set your property search and you think about it like we did, we talked about through the last episode, and you figure out what you want, need first, and then you kind of get started and you go back from there. When you get started, you remember what you put on paper and it remains true longer. So remains true longer as you truly want it, right? It's not going to pivot as much. When your search pivots a lot, when it changes drastically, it just takes longer to, to get to the end result of you buying a house. So once your property search is set with your realtor, of course, you're going to get a, a laundry list of listings emailed to you through what's called a client portal. It's the back end of the MLS. Um, what will happen is you'll have a, a sign-in, uh, you'll log in, You'll see all the properties that match your criteria. 
um, you'll be able to rank those properties. You know, you'll be able to say, I love this one. This is favorite. It's my absolute dream home to can't stay in this property, put it in the trash can. And everything in between, you'll have, a, you know, possibilities. I like this, but I need to see more. So rank those properties in your client portal and keep notes along the way. By the time you look at 15, 20 properties, you honestly can't remember what you thought about the first property. So please keep notes. It will help you along the way understand why you put um, properties in different buckets. Um, those that don't keep notes, you forget why along the way and you um, start focusing on properties that you never would want to see again. So I, I caution you to spend some time here. I will be the first one to tell you this client portal is not going to be your best friend. There are going to be third-party solutions, uh, applications, uh, websites that you're going to like to troll on more for real estate. And that's fine. But this is where your realtor is going to interact with you. So this is where you're going to see everything from your realtor. Um, so get to know it, be on it, and keep notes. It's going to help you and your realtor con connect. Before asking to see a property in person, consider the distance like to your work or your children's school or friends. Or I, I say this too, directionals. Different cultures don't like different directions. You know, some of my Indian clients don't want a south-facing house. Some of my um, Asian clients don't want, you know, anything eastern-facing. It's okay. That's the culture. It's fine. But if you understand which the, the directions that these house faces or, you know, that it's too far, you're not going to get yourself in the car or your, your agent in the car to go look at it. So, you know, take some time to do your own homework. Um, to make sure that when you're actually getting into property, you really want to buy it. And, and you're going to see properties that you walk into, you think you want to buy, and then you're not going to want to buy once you see them in person. Happens all the time. I would only encourage you to visit your top four or five properties in one single day. To more than that, they get cluttered in your mind and you forget the first one. You lose sight of those, those favorite properties. So Pick your top four or five and start with those and then go down the list from there. So rank them, like I said, in that client portal. And then this is probably the hardest thing to do in a, um, uh, in a time of search is eliminate distractions on times when you're showing or, or you're going out to see properties or leading up to. Try to refrain from taking a business call. It's hard. Try to refrain from taking a call from your, from your child. It's hard. To do that. But when you take those calls outside of looking at this house from work or, you know, someone else, you're missing seeing the house in a light. You're missing aspects of the house that you would have focused on if you weren't distracted. It's really hard not to be distracted. We live in a um, completely social world. Now we're connected to the phone 24-7. But try to limit those distractions. Um, those that are distracted usually miss things and then they're mad later that they did. So technology, this is sad but true. We're recorded everywhere we go from their phone that we keep in our pocket every day to walking in someone's house. You know, there's a ring doorbell on a lot of homes and that ring doorbell can listen to your conversation at the curb. Now you don't have to be on their doorstep. Unfortunately, a lot of homeowners don't turn off the um, sound to their um, alarms and security devices when you're in a home. They should because they're not privy to that conversation. They're not with you during that conversation. It's actually a federal offense 
for them to listen to that conversation with their not party to it, but it's their home at the end of the day. So, you know, they're, they're putting their house out there. They want to see what's happening in it when they're not there. So technology, my best advice to any buyer is I'll be a hundred percent quiet. And when you're touring a home to buy, don't talk about how much you love it, who hate it, what you would do to it. None of the above. Have those conversations away from the home in the backyard, in the car, at the next house. But don't have them in the house. You don't know if someone's overhearing your conversation, even though it's illegal to do so. You don't want to take that negotiation power away from you. And you don't want them to say, let's say you didn't like something and then later you changed your mind and decided that you really loved it. You don't want that to be used against you. So I always say my best tour advice for a client is we're not going to talk about the house in the house at all. You look at the house, You there's a sign between us that if you want me to see something, show me three fingers or whatever, and I'll you kind of jot it down that you've shown me your three fingers. We'll go out in the backyard, we'll look around the backyard. You can tell me what you wanted to say. When we get back in the house, I'll look around and then we get back in the front hot yard and we're away from the home or in a car or far enough away from the curb that we can have a decent conversation. We'll talk about it again. We can go back in and out of the home if we need to, but technology, unfortunately, is here and present in our society and it's not going away. And then when you're in a home, uh, focus on the functionality and the location that everything's in because that's going to be hard to ever change. Yes, you can knock down walls, but most people aren't. Most people aren't going to buy a house at today's um, prices and start, you know, going down to the studs and starting over. That that happens, but not on an, an everyday basis. So those are things that you want to see um, and you want to, when you're looking at a house as a buyer, you want to think of your house as a seller, right? So you're going to sell this house later. So what would a buyer think? And if you walk in and think, oh, this house doesn't flow properly, I don't want to buy it. Or you say, oh, I like this house, but it doesn't really flow properly. That's what your buyer is going to think when, when you go to sell it later. Location, you can't change your location. You can't change the functionality unless you're going to rip it down to the studs. So deferred maintenance. Um, a lot of my buyers that I work with, you know, they see surface level. They see carpet paint. You know, they see, oh, this is a great area. I like this because it's you know, near my school. Great. You know, checks these boxes. Um, a lot of times I miss that deferred maintenance, that wood rot, the dollar signs that are, you know, high above them, you know, the separation of um, maybe some foundation issues, things like that. You can tell if uh, they haven't maintained their HVC or water heater, they've had a, a leak here and there. So most clients miss that deferred maintenance. There's, you know, a handful that don't, but most do, and these trans- translate into dollars. So when they translate into dollars, you have to think about like how you handle that whenever you decide to make an offer, if you decide to make an offer on this home. Will you ask for that money up front? Will you wait and inspect and ask for it later? So, But once you see a home in person, it's, it's best to go back to that client portal and rank it. And there's not going to be a way to rank it. You need to maybe let your agent know like 123 Main Street is the number one house and 678 you know, Main Street second, whatever, but rank the ones you've seen in per- person, update the portal. So if, if you loved houses, when you walked into them, that you really didn't love them, put them in the appropriate bin or bucket and 
update that client portal. It helps your realtor understand if they see a property that closely matches any of these that you haven't seen. Maybe you're too busy for work or out of pocket or on vacation. They can use this client portal to help you navigate getting closer to one step to buying. The next step is in the property search is once you found the one that you like and you can't live without, you know, you need to make your best offer with your best price and your terms. So drafting um, your best offer is, I always say the big, the biggest mistake people make um, there's very there's varying theories that you know maybe we should make an offer and see if they'll take it, and then you know we could go up if we need to. So what you need to do as a buyer, yes, your agent should be guiding you too, number one. But as a buyer, you should understand where we are in the market as well. So as your agent, I'm going to be telling you if we're in a uh, a seller's market, I'm mean, going saying, you don't have time to uh, mess around and not write your best offer. You're going to lose the property, right? Or if we're in inventory shortage, I'm going to tell you that. But if we're in a market now, you know, it's a little bit slower, right? You may have time to do that. Not, you know, make an offer that maybe is not your best offer and see if they'll take it. But I will caution you, I'll caution anybody who thinks that the market, slow market, oh, well, they can, you know, wait around the house bill on the market a long time. And, you know, I still have some time. The moment you like a house, there is going to be someone else who likes it in that moment. It's it's like Murphy's Law. It's like every time that my client goes, oh, I like this house. It's been on the market 107 days. I think I have another weekend or I think I have another week. I can take this slow. Someone else comes out of the woodwork. So I always say, doesn't matter what market you're in, make your best offer, your price and your terms. And how do you do that? How do you draft that best offer? So you. Consider your seller timeline. So, you know, your agent should be communicating with that listing agent and asking what the ideal seller um, timeline is. Do they need a lease back? You know, are they waiting for a home to be built? Like, what's the the timing of their, you know, move out? Um, do they have kids in school? They need to wait till the, you know, school changes Um for, you know, mid-year or a break. Being courteous of those timelines um, will be uh, helpful for you to, one, be considered. Do they need a quick close? Do, you know, what is their situation like? You know, market-driven. So like I told before, in a very fast-paced market, you're probably going to adjust your earnest money, your option money upward. Your days on of option are probably going to go downward. Who pays for what? You'll probably pay for more in a shortage inventory. If the inventory, there's more inventory on the ground, it's more of a buyer's market, you may pay less than an earnest money, option money. Um, you Days on option may get bigger. Who pays for what? Seller may pay for a little bit more. So again, that's going to ebb and flow. But if you want to your offer to stand out, you can put down more earnest money. You can ask for less option days. Like, again, these are things to, these are parts of the contract that you can pivot here and there to make your offer stand out. And this is what I say price and terms, because these are terms of the contract. The price is just one aspect of the contract. 
these terms that I'm talking about, how much earnest money, how much option money, how many days of option, who pays for what, those are key factors that can make or break a, um, an offer. So you may get two offers, almost a deal price, and then one person that wants three days of option and wants to pay title policy, another one wants seven and wants the seller to pay for it. So again, you you have to think about how can I leverage myself um, that I'm going to get selected. I never want to encourage someone to micromanage their agent because if you're micromanaging your agent, you might need a new agent. But if you've never worked with this person before in your lifetime and you're, you don't know them, right? There's no harm in asking to see what they're putting on paper before they sign it. Just have them send you a PDF copy of it. Review. If there's any missing blanks, things not completed even like the realtor sections in the very back of the contract there's like um, a section that says who's the listing agent who's the buyer's agent if they've left all the listing information blank unfortunately that could look negatively toward against you it looks like your agent doesn't cuts corners doesn't do their job properly it maybe they've missed some blanks in the contract they haven't filled anything in not even in a Ask your realtor to correct those mistakes or omissions before you you sign your documents, before they submit that offer. You don't want that to look negative against you. It's unfortunate that those mistakes get implied that you are also just like their their agent who's kind of sloppy, but that's the perception. So there's no harm in asking, hey, can I just see a fresh PDF copy before I sign it? It's easy to do. So I think that is the 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 next the phase in our um in our prior process. It's that property search. It's you know going out to someone's home and respecting it as if it were yours, and knowing what to say and not to say it. Understanding technology is um, live and well what to focus on up front, understanding that your market's going to change, your market's going to pivot and um, your offers are going to have to change. So those two segments conclude that this episode of our three-part buyer series, I hope that this information was absorbed and informative and will make you a more informed buyer in a future transaction. I look forward to our third and final installment of buyer series where we'll dive into the next phase of the buying process, which will be the contract and the closing. I would like to express my sincere gratitude to all of our listeners, whether you're listening to us from the comfort of your own home or on the go. I hope today's episode of Urban Connect was informative and valuable to you. If you've enjoyed the show, I would be grateful if you'd consider to follow subscribing our podcast. Your support plays a crucial role in expanding our reach and fostering the growth of Urban Connect community. Should you have any comments or questions, Regarding today's episode, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at jenniferurbanconnectpodcast.com. Your feedback is invaluable and I'm always eager to hear your thoughts and suggestions. Until next time, I'm Jennifer Archambault and I look forward to hearing you on the next episode of Urban Connect.